This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. We appreciate the champion from number four, the middleweight champ, Johnny Eblin, joining us in our last segment. With Brendan Tobin and producer Jake Noaker, I'm merely the sports machine, Sean Levine, and you for the next hour and 20 minutes talking a little fighting, trying to make some money here on the BetQL Network. Let's go back in time, not too far. UFC 283 went down last Saturday night, the main event. Jamal Hill took care of Glover Teixeira, and then Glover Teixeira laid down the gloves. I guess I can't say I'm shocked that happened. I mean, the guy is, what, 44 years old at this point, took the belt at 43, how are you going to remember Glover Teixeira as the guy that just kept on fighting until he finally got the belt? Because I think it's one of the all-time great stories. Um, I'm going to remember as, yeah, one of the best light heavyweights of all time. Dude uh, got the crowning achievement on his career. Um, classy as, as, as it gets in the sport. Um, I think took a lot longer to get to what his early expectations were, and I think a lot of that had to do with John Jones running over the division. But, uh, but yeah, just an all-time great dude in his class as it gets. Speaking of John Jones, I think I can see into the future. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Cyril Gon beats John Jones. I think that eventually Jamal Hill starts calling out John Jones. He's like, come back to light heavyweight. Come back and get your belt, sucker. And eventually, John accepts. Because the more I think about it, and I know Jamal Hill's always been your guy and friend of the show and all those different things. You talked to him one time getting his hair cut. you got to be cool to do those type of things. Of course. But the more I watch him fight and look at that guy's body and all those different things, he's very much a young John Jones. He might not have the skill set, but he kind of fights the same way. Um, I, I can see some of the similarities. I mean, super long, super quick. Uh, I would say maybe even a little bit more explosive in some areas with his hands than John than John is. Uh, more of that, you know, one punch, one hitter, quitter power that he typically has. I, I couldn't believe, honestly, that Glover took some of the shots that he did. It was some of the grossest stuff I've seen between Glover having to wipe the blood away from his eyes. He's getting it all over the broadcast booth. Um, you know, props to him to actually, you know, get through that thing and, and make it to the final horn. But, you know, I, I don't know if he's quite got the wrestling elements to his game that, uh, that John does, but, but certainly he, uh, he looks like he could keep, keep the hold on this thing for a while. He's, he's dangerous, dude. You think Jamal holds on to it for a while because we're going to see at some point when he's healthy, Yuri Prohoshka trying to get that belt back. And I thought that Yuri was the guy that was going to have the belt for a while I haven't really seen any early odds, but something tells me, let's say Yuri comes back, let's call it end of the calendar year. Let's say Jamal's defended it once again during versus whoever it is. 
I think Yuri's still the favorite in that fight. Like, I still look at the hierarchy of the light heavyweight division going more through Prohoshka than I do going through Jamal Hill, even though Jamal Hill technically is the champion. Well, it's not like Yuri lost, though. No, it's not. I get it. Like, he he has, you know, a lot of exciting elements to him in the way that he fights. I almost think that it, it would be interesting to see both of them because Yuri's just got such a wild style and you really don't know what he's going to throw at you. And Jamal is basically one twos right down the middle with that dangerous high leg kick. So it's a more simplified destruction that he can bring. So it, it's an awesome fight. I can't wait to see it. They're both hyping it up already. I think they both know that that could be a, a really, really exciting pay-per-view to build up between the both of them. And this is what this division has been waiting for. You know, two guys to really take the reins of, of 205 from the old guys for the longest time. And now you have two guys in their prime who have a chance to do that. And it feels like it could have the makings of a fight of the year. Like that's, that's how exciting those styles feel like they can, can make each other. It's funny you say exciting because we saw the, uh, the uh, flyweights go at it for the fourth time, Moreno versus Figueredo. Moreno ended up winning. He gets his belt back. Figueredo ends up moving on, says he's going to fight bantamweight. I wonder how that's going to work out for him. But that's more tough. than that, I wonder the excitement level that's no longer in the flyweight division because it was almost, remember the whole like three or four years ago, TJ was fighting Cejudo, and he was going to take him out, and he was going to kill the flyweight division, all those different things. And then Cejudo won a couple of fights. And maybe even before that, when Cejudo was fighting DJ, it felt like it had a little bit of a renaissance. But And even the, the few fights between these guys. But also, let's be honest, BT, the reason these guys kept fighting is because there wasn't really anything else that you wanted to see in the flyweight. So I don't really know what that leaves for the division. Yeah, it, it definitely, I think, puts some finality to it. I think that Moreno is a, I think he's an excite, a more exciting champion probably to have on top. I think people really root for him. The idea that, you know, he's, you know, the, the first Mexican-born champion, um, super charismatic. So I think he's a good face for the division. But I'm with you. It, it, like, it, it had this little renaissance because those guys, their fights were classics. You know, I, I think that it was exciting to see them go about it as many times as they did. But, you know, he just took out Kai Car France Moreno. So... You know, you look at him, uh, Alexandre Pachoja, like, is is right there. But, like, I, I think for him, he's he's going to have to have some up-and-comers try and figure that out. I don't see any scenario where, like, DJ returns to the UFC because he was recently trashing them and, and the business they did with him. So I don't think, you know, a Mighty Mouse comeback is is likely, you know, as there is going to be probably with Cejudo, who's now going to fight uh, Aljamain Sterling. But, you know... And the other end of it, I think Davidson Figueredo going up to Bantamweight's a tough ass for him because that's probably the most stacked division there is. I don't know how much success he has up there. Do you like dudes jumping around divisions like this? Because I was thinking to myself, if you're Moreno, maybe you're the one that tries to move up and get the champ champ, or you just fight somebody else that's a big name that's not in your weight class, i.e. a Sean O'Malley. I mean, let me throw the scenario out there to you. They get a full camp six months from now, neutral location or whatever. Let's call it Las Vegas. I, I think Brandon Moreno is probably a favorite against Sean O'Malley. Um, that's tough. I mean, it's a that's a that's a big size difference between the both of them. I think if he wasn't going to any other division but bantamweight, I would be excited about it. It's just that it already feels like 135 has so much unfinished business, so many twists and turns that can go by. Like hell, we're gonna have For sure. in just a couple of weeks Cheeto and Sandhagen fight. That's potentially going to be the number one contender with Sean right now on the outside looking in for uh, Cejudo versus Aljo. So 
I just think that's a tough ask for Brandon. I think for him, if I was doing that, I would wait on that. I would say, like, let's let the dust settle, see who the man is going to be there. And I would kind of dominate over this division for a little bit. I would get my Mighty Mouse on. And that's what uh, Figure Mater is about to run into with all those dudes. So it is already a complete mess at the top of that division. Not a mess. It's fun. Like, the fact that Cheeto could fight O'Malley again or that we could see Triple C come back, the fact that Aljo is completely disrespected and he keeps beating these dudes, like, that's that's one of, if not the most fun division right now in the entire promotion. All right, uh, your boy, known Miami Dolphins fan, Gilbert Burns, gave the old-fashioned passionate ass-whooping, in the Ooh. words of the uh, poet Marshall Mathers, to Neil Magny. Afterwards, he called out Colby Covington, and now we know that that's not going to happen because we're going to get Gilbert versus your other boy, Jorge Masvidal. So we'll talk about that as the show rolls on. Let's talk about that fight for a minute. Completely dominant by Gilbert Burns, but then again, that's what's supposed to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, we both had that. Uh, I think it was like what plus two fifteen ish. Him uh, winning by submission. That's that felt like a pretty easy one on the night. Hit that one, Matt. Neil Magny's a good fighter, but like if you're going to beat him, he's been susceptible to, to submissions. And Gilbert Burns, one of the best on the ground in the sport. Um, I thought it was good for him because, you know, he's been in some dog fights. He's been in some back and forth. What he just had with Hamzat, you know, that's he had in a lot of ways what Masvidal needs, which is, you know, you've been beat. You've been losing to a lot of the top guys. You know, maybe you'll fight a guy who's, you know, outside the top 10 to get right. And that's what Gilbert does. Like Gilbert goes and, and goes to his bread and butter, gets a win. And now he's got a lot of momentum going into a, a potential star set of matchup with him and Masvidal. So, you know, for him, I, I think it just reminds people like, look, he's been in a lot of slugfest lately, but he is, he's got that in his bag. He says he wants to get back to it. And, you know, I think out of a lot of guys in that division, that's one thing that he can bring to the table that a lot of other guys don't. How come Masvidal, how should I word this? Cause I know you love both these dudes. Why have this fight where Gilbert is such a heavy favorite when there's so many other options for both guys? And the reason I ask is because, and we'll get more into this as the show rolls on, it looks like we're going to see Conor McGregor's comeback against, wait for it, El Kakui, Tony Ferguson. So, like, that's the slowest of slow rolls you could get, you know, besides fighting your eight-year-old son who just started jujitsu two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, they're giving Conor the win – because they need him to win. Why right. would they bring back Masvidal in essentially what they know is going to be a loss? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's a tough go. I mean, I'm surprised. I thought, like, you know. Gilbert's the beast. I'm pretty sure, like, like Jorge was just waiting on the outside looking in because he was hoping maybe the Usman rumors were true and he was going to maybe go into that Leon fight just because of the drama between both of them. It is a tough matchup for him. My only guess, dude, is, and it's not confirmed yet, is you're offering Jorge a chance to fight in his hometown, which he hasn't, you know, like that's that's a huge dream. He's talked about that. that and and you're gonna have two South Florida guys down here, and it's a it's a it's a it's an atmosphere. I'm sure he doesn't want to pass up. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, financial opportunities for him. It's gonna be on a pay-per-view. I believe he gets pay-per-view points. So it's a big business opportunity for him, but you know, they want to give him a tough fight, and Gilbert is a tough fight. And if he does win it, you know, all this talk about, oh, he doesn't deserve another title shot, you beat Gilbert Burns, you're back in the picture for a title shot. There's no doubt about that. If he does win it, come on, you know two things. You know that fight's not going the distance, and you know that Jorge Masvidal's not going to have his hand raised at the end of it. Like, I don't know how Gilbert's going to beat him. He might knock him out. He might choke him out like we just saw in a round, but 
you don't really think Masvidal can win that fight. Styles make fights, and this is a horrible matchup for Masvidal. Um, I mean, it depends. We've seen it. If like if Gilbert goes about it like he did Wonder Boy, then yes, I think it could be it could be a tough night for him. Um, you know, we 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 didn't see him get completely ragged all the first fight with Usman. Mostly up against the cage. If it does get into any stand and bang, those those type of elements, you know, if, if Masvidal can connect, it could be a tough fight. But yeah, I would say like if you look at the guys in the past, you know, Damian Maya, the other uh, the other grapplers that he's gone against, it's been it's been tough sledding for him. So. I think for him, he's looking for the toughest opponent. Him and Colby already is out of the books. I don't think, you know, him and Hamza, who knows where Hamza's going to fight. So this is the toughest fight he can get to, to get back into contention. And, you know, for all of the, uh, the, you know, for all of the, you know, he's just a, uh, you know, there for his name. He does have dreams of winning the belt. And that's how you, you, you want to get back to the belt. You got to beat Gilbert Burns. Dude, I totally respect these fighting Gilbert Burns coming in as a heavy underdog. That he fought, obviously, anybody would take the two fights for the belt. That he went up against Colby Covington. Like those are the dudes. Th th those are probably that's the what I'm saying. That's right, and that's and that's why I say like people who kick dirt on him. I'm like, all right, but like look who he's lost to recently. Like Absolutely. those are stylistic nightmares and two of the best guys in the division. Unfortunately, this might be the third best guy in the division and another nightmare. So it's it's a tough go for him. All right, coming up next, BT and I lace up the gloves and we fight each other. Don't go anywhere. Two guys fighting on your radio. You're locked into the BetQL Network.